0: All right. Well, good morning, and uh, welcome to uh, the what I believe is the last uh, um, session of our just war theory study. So, uh, so I'm trying to figure out because basically I think I'm trying to get this schedule right. So, um, so we have um, two more Sundays, not including today, before I leave for General Assembly. So. So um, next Sunday, I may be doing a General Assembly preview, and just basically giving you the information to know ahead of time prior to our annual meeting of what you need to know, what the um, kind of current hot topics are. Um, They have, the last count was 41 different overtures that we'll be considering, Um, and uh, this year I'll be serving what's called the Committee of Commissioners, which is part of our oversight and how we review all the work of our various committees so I'll be a part of a committee that'll be reviewing all the minutes and actions of our uh, uh, committee of Christian this uh, sorry committee of Dis- on uh, Christian discipleship so um, or we used to say it used to be the church education committee now it's uh, now it's called CDM um, so uh, Christian discipleship uh, ministries and so uh, we're so I'll be reviewing those minutes. Uh, with, other, uh, with other elders and uh, and then basically make sure everything's on the up and up. So we review all the work. So anyway, so I'll be doing that, which means I'll have to go to GA a little a day earlier than I normally do. Um, but anyway, so I'll give you all the update, kind of what's going on, um, and, uh, and then I'll give you all a report back when I get from back from General Assembly. So um and so there's just and so there's one Sunday in there um that I'm not exactly sure but at some point we're going to re we're going to resume very it's very soon we're going to resume the uh apologetics series um that we were doing prior to this, so uh so anyway, so that is uh, that's kind of just what's coming up in the near future and um and yeah so all right well today is uh Actually, let's go ahead and open up with a prayer, and we'll, then we'll jump in. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather together to reflect upon um, the just war tradition, particularly the uh, Christian just war tradition, and we pray that you would grant us wisdom as we try to apply the concepts that we have learned uh, this, uh, over these last uh, um, number of weeks, and we just pray that you bless us as we uh, take uh, into consideration um, these uh, these things. So, Lord, may you bless us and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, um, so, today is uh, a kind of essentially a review and application, and then also a time to uh, field any questions that you have about anything we've discussed so far uh, that you hadn't been able to ask yet, and then... Um, and then also we're going to have some, uh, uh, we're going to actually, when I say application, we're actually going to discuss some um, some relevant topics and issues. So from uh, uh, the nuclear bombing of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and in, in uh, World War II to uh, uh, terrorism and um, uh, some of these uh, uh, topics that have been brought up as our study has gone along. So, Is that out? Uh, shouldn't be. so. Well, I mean, I can, I can move over. Yeah, was it on earlier? I don't remember. <laughs> Let's, see. Let's just see if it's off because that would be the simplest thing. So, yeah, they're old as you. Yeah, no, it was on. So, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, we'll you there you go. So, oh, okay. yeah. All right. So, got it up. Okay, so as we're, so as we're, as we're thinking about these, uh, these things, so this is basically a summary of the just war uh, tradition that we talked about, right? So, um, and just broadly speaking, uh, what does just cause have to do with war? What are we talking about there? Yeah, the reason, right? Why are we going to war? Who has the authority to go? Oh, it's got it all broken down, right? So proper authority. Who has the right to declare war? Um, what type of war is it? Is it a defensive war? Like, uh, so, um, so, you know, can someone name someone who's in a defensive war? What country is in a defensive war right now? Ukraine, Ukraine right? Is Russia in, an, uh, in a defensive war? No, they are in an offensive war, and we're not even not even talking about whether it's just or not. But obviously, clearly, um, uh, so we so Ukraine's in a defensive war where they're defending their territory. An offensive war is um, is 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 the, the has to be just um, uh, in terms of its reasoning. So yeah, the offensive war has to be done carried out carefully. It can't just be like. We want land, gimme, 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 right? And we're bigger and stronger, right? That's uh um that seems to be Russia's kind of uh reasoning. <laughs> so is we want it. So um uh, but the offensive war the uh the offensive war though can be to um uh to basically it can be punitive punishing another country for a uh for something that they did. Um so uh you know in 911, right? After 911, where did we go? What country did we go into? Afghanistan. Afghanistan, right? Um and so that was an offensive wasn't officially war, we can talk about that, but um, but it was an offensive uh it was an offensive operation you could at least say um, in response to something that happened to us, right? But then it was also defensive because we were also doing it to prevent another attack from happening. So we were going for uh, offensive reasons, but also defensive reasons, in, certain, in, in what we would call a preemptive strike or preemptive capacity. Uh, then you have uh, then right intent. Right? you have to have you have the right intentions. What are your goals in accomplishing this war? What are you trying to do? And then um, and then also last resort. Right? Um, why? Why is it? Why might it be important for us to uh, to make war a last resort for us? Exhausted, every other option, Yeah. Well, what happens in war? Death. Right. Death and destruction. So we want to make war. You know, the last thing that we turn to. It doesn't mean that we don't turn to it, but it's not the first thing. We don't just go. Well, you know give us the trade agreement we want or we're going to bomb you, right? Like that is not how we operate, right? So, um, and so that is, uh, and so war needs to be a last resort. Um, And then also the last part, reasonable chance of success. That's a, that's a crucial one. Um, You know, uh, you know, what did Jesus say that every king does when he goes off to war? He considers whether or not he can win. <laughs> so he thinks about, do I got more troops than than the other troops, than the other guy? Can I, do I have, do I have those that, do, do we have a chance of succeeding? But also, throughout this whole thing, we also talked about, um, uh, we talked about it for especially for just conduct, but even there, you know, it matters what the stakes are, right? How high the stakes are, what is at stake here? What are we, what do we potentially lose if we lose this battle uh, that really affects how we interpret and answer these questions all right and then so just cause is about reasonings going to war goals in war proper authority who can declare war what is just conduct what is just just broadly speaking what is just conduct about Yeah, exactly. It's you know, just cause is why you go to war, and just conduct is how you conduct yourself in war. And so, and we have those two aspects of discrimination and proportionality. Discriminating mean we want to discriminate between combatants and non-combatants. We want to, as best we can, discriminate between military targets um, and installations and non-military targets and installations. Although, granted, those lines can get blurry. Um, because you have military installations that are staffed largely by civilians. Or you have things like bridges and different things that both feed into and support civilian and military personnel. So how do you, you know, and so again, depends on what the stakes are, right? And so pr- discriminations about who and what you can blow up, right? And then, um, or is a legitimate target in war and then proportionality, um, is about how much force you bring to bear. It has to be proportional, right? As the response has to be proportional, but the the amount of force you use has to be proportional. Are you dealing with a human being? Or are you dealing with a tank? Or are you dealing with you know what are you dealing with will determine the level of um, you know the the level of um, uh, that uh, um, power that you bring. Uh, and there's also types of weapons under this that we are never to use, and we talked about biological weapons, right? Chemical weapons, um, even even kind of dirty bomb type weapons, uh, glass lined bombs, bombs with just like a bunch of shrapnel in them that just meant to cut people up, just stuff that would just that would cause um, uh, um, suffering that that is. Um, uh, unnecessary suffering and cruel suffering. Uh, and actually, it's interesting. So these, there's been a big debate recently in the news lately about these missile systems. Right? The president came out and said on Memorial Day, we're not going to send these missile systems over to Ukraine because they have the potential capacity to strike in the Russia mainland. Uh, in, in In the Russian interior, and then the next day he published an op ed in the wall Street Journal saying we actually we 're going to send the missile systems uh, we are going to do it, and no one knows what in the world is going is going on but but uh, but he says we 're actually going to send it over and so so they are sending the missile systems over, but these missile systems are pretty amazing um they essentially. You can almost put them in, uh, you basically, they're on a truck, and you basically can drive the truck, and you aim it, you pick the target, and it hits the target. It is it is basically pinpoint accuracy um, with these missile systems. And so we've designed these systems because we want to reduce the uh, the casualties, and we only want to take out the bad guys. We only want to take out the enemy. We don't want to take out civilians. So So that's just an example of even another, you know, modern... Tech that we use that is uh, that is something that we are we try to design our weapons to be more and more discriminate in what they in in what they use and that, remember that's a definition of a just war weapon normally that um is um is that we want to use weapons that are able to discriminate very clearly between the enemy combatants and um, non combatants. Um, now, uh, does this mean that we can always avoid non-combatant deaths? No. 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 Are is, is it are there times where we need to carry out an operation that will include foreseeable non-combatant deaths? Yes, but we have to weigh those into the cost, and so um, and so that may that may determine the timing of when we attack. Well, if we're attacking a, a military installation that's got a lot of civilians in it, we may attack it at night to reduce the amount of death uh, rather than the day when it's heaviest, he- you know, most heavily populated. But it also that, but that structure must be strategic and necessary. It must not be just like, oh, well, it's symbolic. They like it. Let's just blow it up. Right? It has, needs to have some strategic military value um, for it to be a just Target. So, all right. Well, that was a bit of review for us, just to kind of bring in everything that we talked about. Let's run. Let's just kind of warm up with a few examples as we go through and think about this. Um, at, at, think about this. Um, so, uh, so think about World War II right? So you have the you have the Axis versus the Allies, and so uh, what? Um, uh, what what were some reasons that we can think of why, uh, from what just from what we know um, or remember um, from uh, the the history of this war, what were some of the reasons for the Axis powers Germany, Italy, or Japan um, uh, to go to war? Why did they want to go to war? What was what was what were their aims? To become powerful, what very time. to destroy the United States, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they they wanted to increase their power and territory, mm-hmm. right? They they wanted to do that, and so um, and uh, so uh, and and Germany was the prime belligerent initially, right? And uh, and so and initially the USSR was on the Axis side until Germany turned on them. So <laughs> then they said, "Hey, we're gonna." Um, they had an agreement of a was it non-aggression pact? I think it was. They said, "Look, we're just not going to attack. E- we're not allies, but we're not going to attack each other. We're just going to remain neutral, and we'll kind of do our own thing." And then, uh, and then Germany eventually uh, turned on the USSR, and USSR joined the Allies. So, um, so, uh, uh, so what? Um, uh, what was leading up to World War Two? Um, Ger- uh, uh, Hitler and Germany kept doing stuff. Um, they kept. Uh, um, taking little bits of property, right? They and they kept and, and, and Hitler kept going. Well, this was historically part of Germany, and so you know we just we just want this, and just that, that, that's just all we want, right? Just I, I'm I'm a band of peace. We just want this, and um, you know he's times man of the year if we all remember that. <laughs> so um, and so he had really turned Germany around. <laughs> you know, go Hitler, I guess. But uh, but he um, and so uh, and so then uh, and then, and so what had happened prior to World War II? Great Depression. Great Depression was going on at Great Depression was going on. Yeah, that's right. And then um, and what else before that? World war, World war I, the war to end all wars. Right. So um, was uh, was Europe really itching to get into another fight? No, they were doing everything they could, and this is where when we say "last resort," we don't mean to do what like, Britain did, which was essentially to be absolutely unprepared and essentially be unwilling to fight until Germany basically declared war. Like that's not what "last resort" in, in just war theory means. Um, so, um, and, and so he invaded uh, what country? To set off World War Two, Poland. Poland. Yeah, he set up Poland, and then that and that set off because of peace treaties, right? That set off World War Two because uh, because the because the because the Allies were bound to declare war, and even though U.S. tried to stay neutral for a bit um, when we were attacked by Japan, uh, that brought us into the war, right? So Japan uh, attacked us. Uh, now, why would Japan attack us? Hmm to bring us in the, to destroy mm-hmm. to bring us in the war I get like, to, to mm-hmm. and that's not right. yeah well, well yeah well it, it was preemptive is right because it was it, for them because we were the biggest kid on the block in the Pacific and so they knew that eventually we would get into the war so they thought if they could hit us hard enough they would make us lose our taste for war and that we wouldn't even go and it's, I mean if they had de- it, if they had actually succeeded to destroy our entire navy you know naval fleet in that area and they did significant damage um you know then we you know maybe they would have maybe maybe they would have worked, but it didn't and um and so uh so uh so if we 're talking about just cause, would we say that the that the Axis powers had a just cause for going to war no, no. no we would not right um uh, we wouldn't, because they simply want to expand their territory, and they're violating the sovereignty of other nations to do it. So um, this isn't the ancient world where uh, a lot of might made right a- anymore. And so, uh, and so, and even then, it's not to say that it was just. Uh, and so, uh, now, what type of war uh, are the Allies fighting? What is, what is their cause for going to war, rather? Defensive, Yeah, defensive war. That's right. Yeah, Great Britain. They were not immediately invaded, but they had peace treaties with other countries who were being invaded. Was France invaded? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why when we did, you know, the, you know, uh, when we stormed the beaches of Normandy, that's at France because Germany had taken over. So, uh, so we have. Um, and uh, um, the USSR even did they get invaded? Yeah. Yep. Germany made a push into 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 the USSR, which is why the USSR turned on them because <laughs> they were coming they were coming for Stalin. <laughs> so um, and then the United States, you know, we were attacked at Pearl Harbor. So so we have a defensive war, and to, that. That is brought out. So is so was our you know, so would we say and, and as far as just cause go uh, that the allies were just in their cause and going to war? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were the allies trying to uh, take Germany as their own? No. No. was the U.S. wanting to conquer Japan to make it its own island. No. No, we weren't trying to make Japan into a U.S. territory. So, uh, And actually, that brings up how we acted after the war. Uh, also, it speaks to it because they also talk about part of just war theory. They'll break out into subcategories uh, even, and they'll, and they'll say, um, you know, also not only just cause, but um, just conduct in war, but also just conduct after war, just conduct after your enemy's defeated. And so... Um, and so there was, a, there was a whole movie made about this. But, you know, we had to decide, where are we going to execute the Japanese emperor? That was a big question for, for the decision that he was responsible for that brought us into the war. And there were a lot of people that wanted to execute him, but we decided not to because we were saying, look, we don't want to embitter the people of Japan. We just nuked them. So, and they've given up. So we don't want to now execute their leader their leader who they have kind of a divine, they had that time, they had kind of a divine kind of thing going with him. Um, we don't want to execute him and then just completely turn them against us even more so. Instead, rather, we want to actually rebuild Japan and actually get them to recover in a peaceful manner. So you know what? We're not going to execute the, we're not going to execute the emperor. And so, um, you know, but that was a big debate. You know, how do we, how do we operate? So uh, let's see here. So we go through, we got a couple more slides, we already ran through all this here. So, so we already talked through these things here. Um, all right, let's see, there we go. Sorry, going through all this, there we go. All right, so, um, and this brings us, uh, so this brings us to uh, just conduct in World War II. Um, so as we think about um, just conduct violations, how, how, how are, <clears throat> what are we aware of as far as how the uh, Axis powers conducted themselves in terms of just conduct, in terms of discrimination and proportionality, combatants and non-combatants, and um, what's what's Germany famous for? The Holocaust, right? And those and those weren't enemy soldiers, largely. Those were just Jews, right? Those were uh, those were men, women, and children, young and old, and what they do to them. Yeah, concentration camps worked them to death, gassed them, uh, took their stuff, took their property. Um, Japan was probably the only one to—I mean, one of the ones to rival Germany in its barbarity of its uh, of its POW camps, um, and particularly of uh, it. Um, I mean, they committed unspeakable acts against a lot of actually a lot of Chinese and Korean people, um, uh, and so I mean, we we you know we do these estimates right of this you know Hitler killed uh, you know close to seven million Jews and Stalin we're not exactly sure somewhere between fifteen to twenty million of his own people he slaughtered uh, through the in the in the death forests where they just take them out and disappear them. And Japan's uh, estimated to have killed somewhere around 30 million people in, uh, in, in Asia um, as they just rolled through and they would just rape, pillage, and murder. And just, they just had, they, they, had, they had no, it was no holds bar. You're the enemy, I can do whatever I want. And that was basically what they did. And so, uh, so um, let's see here. Uh, uh, Italy. Uh, used poison gas, and, and, and as well had their own concentration camps. Um, so, uh, so the clear, so clearly, these are just conduct violations, right? Of how you handle prisoners, how you do, how you deal with people, um, what you um, how you conduct yourselves, um, having no discrimination at all uh, uh, when it comes to this. Um, uh, but the, we also need to co- consider the allies as well. So, and it's not to say that um, individual soldiers or even units at times did, you know, bad things to Germans or to the Japanese or, or you know, like it's not to say that that didn't happen. Right. Um, but it wasn't essential. It wasn't a policy is what is is one thing that we can note. Um, uh, however, um, our our primary strategy was uh, uh, firebombing cities. Um, now, why did we firebomb? And that's just kind of blanket, just huge, just firebombing everything. Well, why? Why might we do that? they everywhere. You know, if your enemies over the whole thing, yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily mm-hmm. the most an accurate answer, but yeah. Well, it's the does, any, does anyone know how they used to drop bombs? Well. It they used to look, <laughs> through a thing, and they would go. Now <laughs> they would try to time it, and that was. And before that, they had to use charts. And by the time they did the math, they were way off the target. So, so they were dropping bombs. Some were, uh, they were trying to be discriminate, but they were indiscriminate because they were just missing their targets. And so these bombs are going off in fields, or going off in places, and stuff like that. And so, um, and and they're not being effective. And so, because the stakes were so high, they said they switched over to firebombing. And so, uh, and so, this was standard really across the board for everybody. And so, the U.S. firebombed Japanese and German cities. The the U.K. firebombed German cities. Um, And uh, so, um, apparently, France because France had been taken over by Germany. So there were. uh, French police uh, um, that uh, um, uh, apparently rounded up and deported um, 13,000 Jewish people to the for the Nazis. So, um, so we hit. So we can see these types of uh, these types of violations come up, right? Um, as we, as we go through them, and even on the well, you know on our side, right? On the good guys who had the just cause, right? And so again. What was the available te- technology? They didn't have those pinpoint electronic, you know, satellite-guided missiles, right? They didn't have those. They had, they, had, they had bombs that they had gotten more accurate but still weren't doing the trick. And so and the stakes were so high that they said, look, we know we're hitting civilians, but the stakes are so high we have to do it because we've got to stop Germany. We've got to stop Japan. This has to end, Right? Because uh, because they weren't going to stop until they had accomplished their goals. So uh, so stakes change a lot of things and even how we evaluate what we're willing to do. So um, so if we if we take this kind of framework, we can use this and just kind of if you think through that, we can take even the the Ukraine Russia conflict right, and just kind of we can kind of plug that through our filters and understand the just conduct issue. You know where, um, uh, you know it's it's like are are there are there going to be violations of just conduct by Ukrainian soldiers on uh, Russian soldiers? I basically guarantee it's going to happen. Right? It's always going to happen when, when when the blood's up. You're fighting for your life. You're you you are angry at the enemy. You know um, you know it's going to happen. Um, but. For the Ukrainian, but Ukrainians as a whole, the Ukrainian military, their policies are not inhumane. They generally send their prisoners back home or they, they'll put them. They'll, uh, there was videos even online you could find where they were letting Russian soldiers call their parents. <laughs> like uh, they were, you know, and so like that they had captured and they were letting them call their mothers and say, I'm OK, I'm alive. Like, um, and so they, you know, there was there, you know, there's, you know, that's what the Ukrainians do. And then we find out what the Russians do, right, when they get into a city. We find the graves. There's the mass graves that they leave behind when they go into Mariupol or they go into some of these cities. And, they, and once they leave, you find the trenches with the bodies, right, where they, uh, where, they, where they tie up civilians and they shoot them in the back of the head, right? And so this is, you know, so these, you know, this is, um, so not only is Russia in an unjust cause, they are in unjust conduct. Uh, because this is actually Russian policy, um, you know, grinding it out and being barbaric is essentially the Russian dogma of war. That is their strategy. And even people are saying now they've reverted. Now in in, in the East, they've reverted to essentially World War One, war of attrition, Russian style combat. Like that, they're going at it like it's 1914 or 1917. Like that's what they're. That's what the Russians are doing right now. What does that mean? Um, it just means that they're they're not they're not using advanced techniques. They're just sending as many men as they can into the meat grinder, um, and then and then just counting on the fact that they know how to just hold out and grind it down. And they have more guys. And if they just take out, you know, Zelensky said that they're losing a hundred soldiers a day right now on the eastern front. So um, so if so if if you know if they lose a hundred soldiers a day, then eventually. Russians will win, and it may great, come at great personal cost. Estimates right now are Russia's lost thirty thousand soldiers uh, killed, not alo- let alone injured. But you know they're just sending more in, and so um, and so. The question is: is will World War One style work? Is still a question. Um, that, but that that's essentially they've narrowed their target, and now they're just you know just pummeling, uh, uh, trying to trying to make some gains. So. They want to have something left when they get through. They want the land, you know. Mm-hmm. They're going the, the Ukraine doesn't have the advanced to, to fight them with, so mm-hmm. they they really don't have to spend the big bucks. So they, they got a commodity of people, and they just throw it out. Yeah, and that's what they're trying to do, you know. And so, and I mean, we didn't bring up on you know on World War II just conduct violations. We didn't mention uh, the USSR, but the USSR was just as barbaric as Japan. And how they operate. They emptied their prisons, they and gave them rifles, and just mm-hmm. said, "Go, do whatever you want. Just do, just go kill." Them. And uh, and so and that's where you had like, you know, in Germany, you had soldiers fleeing from the from the Russians to the Allies to give up to the Allies. Yeah, and you had and you even had um, and you even had entire families committing suicide. Uh, When the Russians were coming into their own cities, German, German families killing themselves uh, because uh, because of what they knew what the Russians would do to them as civilians. And so this is, you know, and so it's uh, so this stuff, you know, I mean, this is, you know, and this this is within, you know, what's 80 years? You know, this is not we're not talking about the ancient Greeks and Romans like, right. This is modern times still. And then even now we're seeing an, an to, uh, and we talk about Ukraine and Russia. This is 2022. We're seeing this stuff. There's a lot of bad actors and mm-hmm. still Absolutely. there have been. But they don't last as long as they used to. You know, it mm-hmm. seems like the kingdom of God is here because you know, mm-hmm. before Christ, you're talking about hundreds of years, The Babylonians had, had Israel and, All these things lasted like the Romans nine hundred years or something, or thousand years. Yeah. Now we got Germany; they cut up for about ten years, and we smoked. Yeah. It's just the bad actors don't seem to last as long because Mm -hmm. I think it's because the kingdom of God is here. Yeah, it's definitely gotten better. You know, it's definitely improved, and things are things are 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 growing, and um, and yeah, and the kingdom of God is increasing. And so and the effects of that kingdom do make a difference. And so um let's see here. We've got we got a few more minutes. So um so let's talk about the war on terror. Um the US we call it a war on terror. So let me ask, is is it a is it a real war? No. So um okay, so uh, well, we have to remember, what is it that makes a war? What do you have to have to officially have true war? What do you have to have? An actual enemy? You have to have an actual enemy, but like, we're not just talking about like, my neighbor across the street who I don't like. Right? That's not war. Right? It's not Hatfields and, and McCoys. Right? That's not a war. Okay? Um, uh, you have to have two sovereign governments. Right, two sovereign enti- entities, or at least one of those entities is within that and plans to break away and establish a sovereign entity, such as a civil war. Right, that is that, that is a, that is a war. Um, so uh, so we have to um, so we have to remember uh, what a- what literal, actual, definitional war is. And so the question is is um, so we need to ask is um, uh, do um terror organizations plan on establishing a sovereign government. Mhm. Uh, no. Probably well, would they they, 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 mm-hmm. they? they think yeah. you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't they yeah. want to establish mm-hmm. there Some of them might. Okay? Um so if you think about like um ISIS, yeah. you know, and they um ISIS or ISIL, you know, we always could flip between those two. But, um, but what uh, they, were, they were trying to, they wanted to establish a caliphate, right? And so they did want to establish, and they did have one for a while, they established a sovereign territory. But even then, wasn't really a sovereign, like, recognized nation. It was just kind of like a group of, like, kind of a bit of a location, but they didn't actually, um, uh, but as soon as, and so they're kind of one of the exceptions. Most of the terror organizations aren 't really looking to establish they 're looking to terrorize to um, make a political point to intimidate to um, maybe take over something but not but they 're not looking to establish like a sovereign nation um, it, it itself and so um, and so uh, we we wouldn't necessarily and so because it 's not a real war we actually um, do not uh, we don 't need to we're not obligated to apply the just war framework to it um, now it doesn 't mean that we can just do whatever we want to terrorists um, <laughs> there 's different questions involved in that what it means is that um, this is not an actual war so it's it 's something less than war and this is why I talked about before there 's been kind of a newer development in which and I forget what the Latin phrase is but essentially it 's kind of it's it's basically describes that which leads up to war but is just shy of it. <laughs> so we have to we had to essentially invent a new category um, for uh, for this because it is not technically uh, war. So, uh, so let's see here. Let's see, Matt had a couple of extra notes on here that I was looking. See here. Um, okay. All right, and let's see here. Well, very briefly, let's um, let's let's uh, talk through the idea of um, going back to the nuclear bomb. This is always a good one to to, to wrestle with these things. And so, and so the question is is um, should we have bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Okay? The question is, should we have bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki? And so, um, and so, this side say yes, this side say no, and so, um, and we're going to explore both sides. So, um, let's start with yes. Why should we have bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki with nuclear weapons. To save our more, to save our people. Alright, yeah. Okay. Yep. Alright. To save our soldiers. Soldiers' lives. We would have lost two million. We estimated that we would have lost two million. Three. Was it three? I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's I think now that estimate. I can't remember if that was soldiers or soldiers and Japanese civilians. Can't remember, but I know well. I know that it was at least they were estimating at least a million soldiers lives would would have been lost. So. Um, so you're talking about one million So estimated. Let's let's just say conservative estimate. One million soldiers. <laughs> so, um, so all right. Uh, what? Why else should we? What uh, what uh, what effect we know post <laughs> so so what effect did the bombing have? Demoralized them. Demoralized them. Okay. Demoralized. Why? Uh, um, uh, why? Who? Who else had nuclear bombs? Nobody. Well, no one. Nobody. Right. So so we were. Yeah. So we had we had we had unique. Uh, power, that they could not replicate, right? They could not answer us in that. They got them to surrender. They got them to surrender. Mm-hmm. That, that would saved a lot of their lives. Yep. 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 Save Japanese lives. Certainly in an invasion, a continued firebombing of Japanese cities, you know, a, um, you know, uh, uh, that, that would have, uh, if we, if we had gone that policy, that would have cost a lot of lives, right? So that's right. If, if, if my memory serves, I think it was, uh, you know, um, I think it was 3 million of our, including our soldiers and Japanese, um, civilians, but I could be, I could be off on that, um. Let's see what what else. Why should we have bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Now, one piece of information I noted uh, here, I, know, I've noted, I think I mentioned before, was um, we uh, we actually we also um, uh, I'm going to put parentheses here. We warned them in advance. We sent we sent uh, we sent planes that just dropped all kinds of flyers in Japanese that said, "Get out! We're we're going to bomb. We're, we're dropping a bomb, and you need to get out." And so, uh, um, uh, so, and I mean, still hundreds of thousands of lives were ended, you know, when we dropped it. But uh, now, a lot of people didn't believe it. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, said this is just. You know, it is the enemy that's trying to intimidate us. you know this is their, they're lying, they're not going to do this, they don't have that kind of weaponry or whatever, um, and so a lot of people didn't leave. a lot of people stayed and they paid uh, the, the ultimate price um, for it. But, uh, but we also warned them um, that we were coming so so even uh, so even using an indiscriminate weapon like a nuclear bomb, we still tried to make it more discriminate by warning them in advance that we were going to do it, right uh, because The important, now, um, uh, and we selected those cities because they were big cities. So, all right, uh, very quickly, what are some reasons that we shouldn't have bombed? So, believe it or not, there's a lot of people in Japan that still don't like the fact that we did that. So, yeah, yeah. Killed a lot of Japanese people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What about the land? Yes. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it's it usable? I mean, we've made better nuclear bombs since then, but that was early stuff, and so you know that made those cities uninhabitable, right? So, um, so it ruined the land. It's indiscriminate. It's an indiscriminate weapon. That's right. Oh yeah, like well, yeah, it, it, it uh, increased, increased, uh, increased the arms race. Y'all come on in. So, um, so we'll pause there, but you can you can see as we explore these these ideas, you know, it's really good. It's always a good, you know, always, um, when I work with students and uh, and with anybody, we always talk about how like it's important to explore both sides of the issue. Because even if we, you know, if we're like, at the end of the day, we're like hard on the yes side and be like, this was the right thing to do and we did it and I, and I, that hasn't changed a bit. It's good to explore the reasons why, No, because it, it helps sharpen our thinking, helps us get some clarity on there. Um, also, you know, it also raises compassion because I'm not excited about the fact that a bunch of Japanese people were killed. That's, a, you know, that's, that's a sad reality. But it does seem like it was necessary to, to avoid a larger loss of life. And we're talking about life on a grand scale, right? And we're talking about, so you're talking about not just a few hundred and thousands. You're talking about hundreds of thousands who might die to save millions. So, All right, well, thank you all. That was it.